It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of BlindAndroidUsers.com. Kick back and enjoy another fine episode from these Google fanboys as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here are your hosts. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Blind Android Users podcast. I'm Ed Green and I'm joined this week by my co-hosts Warren Carr, Anna Garza and Doug Cameron. And we're recording on Saturday, the 4th of September, 2021. It's another busy show for you this week. We have our usual announcements from Austin. Our must-have apps category this week is radio apps. I'm delighted to say that in the spotlight this week, we're joined by our special guest, Clev Zevkov, uh, developer of the Voxmate app, which has uh, created a stir on our email group this week following its launch. We have another phone review, and it's Warren's Google Pixel 5a. Then we have, instead of our Android journey section this week, a book discussion uh, with Anna Garza about her new book describing Android commands and settings. And finally, we have the next in Warren's highlights of TalkMac series. How are we all doing, folks? Beautiful. Don't touch that dial, Ed. It's all about radio. I don't know what a dial is. <laughs> You're too young. Funny Stop. round thing that Stop. you know used to exist on TVs and radios. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's too young to know what a dial is. But don't touch that dial. Just for clarity, I'm actually not. I have many, many. <laughs> many <laughs> but, uh, most of our listeners don't know what a dial is. Yeah, they probably do. I'm doing well, excited to be here today. Um, it's kind of like fallish. We've just been having this fallish weather for quite a spell now. I think maybe like a month now. And, you know, lows dipping into the low 40s, 42, 43, you know, by morning and all of that. So everybody's like, ah, it's getting cold. Um, of course, it's getting cold. It's yeah. that time of year. And, and obviously, you're still in your cooling off period. Have you sent back your 5A yet? Because it's junk. That's probably the best phone ever. Uh, I'm not sending that baby back home, so stop it. <laughs> oh, dear. He likes to rub it in on my 5A or, you know, on, on my Pixel phones in general. And you know what? The Pixel phones are absolutely amazing. Am I not kissing Google's butt? Absolutely not. Uh, don't listen to it. Yeah, Google's not a hardware company. It makes thoroughly <laughs> underwhelming devices that then has to optimize through software tweaks. Yeah, but that's what we got are. sour grapes going on, my goodness. I know, I know. Uh, I have nice, shiny, nice, shiny hardware. Uh, he's talking about some cheap Chinese phone out there uh, called OnePlus or something crazy like that. One thing I got to say about OnePlus, I like their color scheme on their, I believe it was their sevens. Their yeah. color scheme was amazing. <laughs> How's the alert slider working on your Pixel 5a? You know, the switch you have to put it into do not disturb and vibrate. Oh, no, you don't have that. Do you? Oh, that's no. all that he talks about, the slider. Oh, my and, goodness. Yeah, forget that. Forget I'm that. Sorry, I don't that, want that, too many buttons on my phone. Hello. <laughs> that slider reminds me too much of, like, Apple. Or Fruitvale. Yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> I hate that thing. <laughs> You need to you need to appreciate the functionality and not care about the source. Oh no, the functionality is out the window. 
when you <laughs> stick it in your pocket and you accidentally flip the switch when you don't want it to, you know, there's a problem. <laughs> you can't flip it. It's a stiff switch. It doesn't loosen. It's a good thing, you know, to quickly mute or, you know, put your phone in silence or uh, vibration mode and all of that. And I, I do understand where he's coming from, but you don't have to throw that thing up in my face every single God okay. for a second time. I'll just throw the 12 gigs of RAM and the 256 gig storage. Yeah, we know uh, Google the, is so stingy. And the Snapdragon 865 processor. I don't think Google has a phone with that. I think they're on 765 still. Too much about my uh, phone. That's no fair. No fair. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, now it's over to Austin for our announcements. What's going on, Austin? So this week we have got two announcements for our listeners. One of the announcements is very big announcement. And that is we have got our first ever sponsor. There's a WordPress backup plugin. It's called Updraft Plus. And they have sponsored the show for two years. So we thank Updraft Plus for doing that. And we'll have a word from the sponsors in a short time. The second announcement for the listeners is we are nearing 20,000 plays. We have crossed 19,500 plays as of today. That is just short of nine months. Um, starting the recording so that has been a achievable milestone all thanks to our listeners and we look forward to support in the future as we bring more new content and interesting uh, chapters and tutorials for you our listeners that is it from the announcements section thanks very much And now a word from our sponsor, the world's most trusted WordPress backup restore and clone plugin. Hacking, server crashes, dodgy updates, or simple user error can ruin your WordPress site. That is why you need Updraft Plus. Install Updraft Plus to protect your WordPress-powered site by visiting updraftplus.com. That's updraftplus.com. U-P-D-R-A-F-T-P-L-U-S dot com. We thank Updraft Plus for sponsoring this episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. And now we move on to our next category of must-have apps. And it'll no doubt be a popular category among our listeners uh, because it's all about radio. And radio is still obviously a popular form of medium or a popular medium in the community. Uh, you've got some good options on Android, I think, and we're going to talk about what we use. Warren, do you listen to the radio much on your phone? Radio. Like I said, do not touch that dial. And of course, radio is a very important thing. Uh, when everything else fails, you know, you have that radio, listen to, to the radio. I do have some radio apps, and I used to listen to radio a lot, and especially back then, of course, the king on the hill was that tune-in radio. TuneIn Radio, however, over the years or last few years, has not been all that kosher because it's something happening here and there. You know, this station leaves and that one, uh, you know, doesn't want to be part of it. Or now I think some station or some stations in France say, hey, we don't want to be recorded. And so now we don't have that recording capability in TuneIn. And to be honest, I don't necessarily care too much about TuneIn, but 
say whatever you want to you want to say about TuneIn. TuneIn still has the most stations when you compare it to other radio apps. But I do use a couple others like Simple Radio and V Radio, um, and those are the three that I use. And the reason why I used to like TuneIn is because I like to be able to record most especially. I listen to talk radio, and when I listen to talk radio, there's a particular one that I listen to, and he seems to have a lot of people that come in uh, who are authors and things like that, and I like to record so I know what the name of the books that they were talking about were. But when TuneIn removed that capability of recording, it just kind of dissuaded me from using TuneIn, and I looked for something else and found V Radio. However, that um talk station is not on v radio and this is the problem you find a nice radio station or nice radio app but then your favorite radio station is not there so it's just a vicious circle the nice thing about v radio is that you can add a custom station if you want to so if you can go and find the direct play link you can just go add it that's true but you know that's not a convenient thing for the average no, user. Not. So uh, unless you know what you're doing is like trying to climb the Everest. Yeah. The advantage is even if you don't know what you're doing, you, ca you can't screw it up particularly. It just won't work. Nothing bad will happen. You either get it right or get it wrong. But um, TuneIn, to be fair, allows you to do that as well. But uh, yeah, I, I like that about V Radio that you can, uh, you can add uh, uh, links to it. Let's say it's a, it's a nice app. Um, Anna, what are you what are you rocking with radio? Well, today I'm going to talk about Radio.net. Radio.net is an app that lets you listen to radio stations from around the world. Your mileage may vary, of course. The app itself appears to be very busy and complicated, but once you get used to it, it's pretty simple and pretty straightforward. Radio.net. Radio.net. Settings. Button. Across the top, from left to right, we have a button for settings. Prime. An icon for Prime, so you can buy the app. It's a one-time fee. Removes ads. Cast. And a cast button. Now, as I'm speaking, you're listening to talkback uh, scrolling sounds. This is because the app is tuning and constantly refreshing. Your recently played stations. Now the screen that the app opens on is your recently played stations. All. There's an all button in the top right corner below cast. Feel good rock, one of four, enlist, four items. Now, the last few radio stations I've opened are at the top of the screen. Sometimes they appear as a vertical list, and sometimes they appear as icons in a grid form. KLBN, La Buena 101.9 FM, 2 of 4. KBBU, The Edge 97.5 FM, 3 of 4. 102.7 FM, The Wolf, 4 of 4. Your Favorites. Below that is a Your Favorites heading. All. With an All button along the right edge. And then we've got a station that I've actually bookmarked as a favorite. 
Logo of the station that is currently selected or playing, KLBN, La Buena 101.9 FM, USA, Latin, World, LA Energia Norteña, Cata BEZ Mi Gusta Mas. Okay, now notice that. First we hear logo of the station that is selected or playing, and then we actually hear information about the station. We hear its call letters, its name, its frequency, and a little bit about the station. The one annoyance I find in this app is that first we hear logo of the station that is selected or playing. Play. All right, and next to it is a play button. It's along the right edge. And, um, you know, if this is my favorite station, I'm obviously going to want a handy play button. In the bottom third of the screen, we have an ad. It takes up uh, more space than you think. And then near the bottom left, we have bookmark. Bookmark item, logo of the station that is currently selected or playing, Feel Good Rock, Dire Straits, so far away. I was listening to Dire Straits, thank you. And along the right edge, we play. have play. So if I were to hit play, we would go back to Feel Good Rock. At the very bottom of the screen, we have some tabs. Bottom left corner is... Selected for you. For you, and that's where your stations are. Radio. Radio. Podcast. Podcasts. Search. Search. We can tap search since we're here. Search. Selected. Settings button. The top of the screen is similar to the top of the previous screen. We have settings in the top left corner. Search. Search the name of the screen. Search. Cast. Disconnected. Cast in the top right corner. Selected. All. We have some tabs. Stations. Stations. Podcasts. Podcasts. Episodes. Episodes. Songs. Songs. So we can tap one of those to search for something specific. And then below that is a frequently searched heading. CNN button 1 of 14. And we have um, buttons laid out as a grid with things like CNN. WHTA button 2 of 14. News Radio, button 3 of 14. TED Talks, button 4 of 14. This American Life, button 5 of 14. ESPN, button 6 of 14. Daily, button 7 of 14. New York Times, button 8 of 14. Tiny Desk Concerts, button 9 of 14. Etc. So we could tap any one of those to listen. Search. Or we could tap the search button and enter text. Station, song, podcast, episode, edit box. Showing Braille keyboard. H, A, B, Y. Heavy, M, E, T, A, L. Submitting text. Metal, maximum length reached. Keyboard hidden. Logo of the station that is currently selected or playing. Heavy music atmospheric radio, Russia, heavy metal, pop, gothic, one of two, in list, two items. Logo of the station that is currently selected or playing, Heavy Metal Ears Radio, Brazil, Heavy Metal, Hard Rock, 2 of 2. All right, that's interesting. I only have two results for Heavy Metal. Um, but if I keep uh, sliding my finger down... Podcasts, out of list. I have a podcast 
heading and logo of the podcast that is currently selected or playing heavy pod is heavy cast leisure music video games one of two enlist two items logo of the podcast that is currently selected or playing the caution zone music music commentary two of two now there's a play button to the right of each of these items i can tap something to play logo of the station that is currently selected or playing heavy metal ears radio play Media control, heavy metal ears radio. Takes a minute to load. Uh, so, um, you know, it doesn't start right away. This stream cannot be played. Please try again later. Uh, okay, we got an error message there. We're going to go back. For you. We're back on the for you screen. A more productive way to find radio stations is to just hit the radio tab. Radio. Radio. Selected. Across the top we have... Settings. Button. Prime. Cast. We have two tabs, your stations and discover. Selected. Your stations. Discover. If I want to find a new station, I can tap Discover. Discover. Selected. Page 2 of 2. And then we have some categories. Most listened pop and rock stations. All. Today's hits. Hits Radio. 1 of 9. Enlist. 9 items. Kiss FM UK. 2 of 9. Gay FM. 3 of 9. Top 100 on Radio.net. Out of list. All. Logo of the station that is currently selected or playing, 1, WHTA Hot 107, 9, USA, Renee, Soul, Hip Hop, 1 of 3, Enlist, 3 items, Atmospheric, Out of List, Radio Love Live, 3 of 7. If there's a play button next to the radio station, you can tap it. Otherwise, you can tap the station itself. Let's tap Love Live. Radio Love Live, Out of List. Radio Love Live. Navigate up button radio.net. Okay, in the top left corner we have navigate up. Radio Love Live Prime. The Prime Purchase button. Cast. Cast top right corner. Radio Love Live. Go to station website. So we have the name of the station. We have a link to go to the website. If you are a swiper, you're going to need to do a little bit of exploration. Radio Love Live. If I explore to the right, I find a bookmark button. Bookmark item. This is important because if I really like this station, I can bookmark it and have it in my stations list. And then to the right of bookmark is... Play. Play, so I can start playing it. Let's play. Media Control, Radio Love Live. We're waiting for this station to load. It takes a few minutes. I'm just going to keep talking so you get an idea of how long it takes. And I'm actually, uh, there we go. All right, there we go. Now, we can um, stop playback by tapping the same play button. Or by tapping the play button that is in the 
bottom right corner. And that's pretty much all there is to it. Thanks very much, Anna. Uh, Doug, do you listen to radio on your phone? No, I don't. I just, I'd rather just use YouTube. But uh, when I did, I used a combination of uh, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Radio Player Canada app. So between those three, I was able to pretty much get whatever I wanted. Yeah, I'm a, I, I'm like Warren. I'm I'm a V radio uh, convert. Uh, simple radio doesn't seem to have the BBC on it. I know the BBC, at least for UK listeners, has fallen out with a few of the radio apps. I wonder if I think with TuneIn it was because they wouldn't share listener information with them so they didn't know he was listening so uh, that's been a problem on things like the amazon alexa where you now have to use the bbc's own skill uh, v radio does have bbc stations on it i have noticed though that if you want to listen to live sport on the bbc and i don't quite know how the bbc do this but v radio can't play it it says the program's unavailable due to rights restrictions even though uh, you have uh, location and VPN enabled. Whereas if you listen to the BBC's own radio app, BBC Sounds, which is a you know it's a music player podcast uh, radio all in one, you can listen to the live sport online in the UK. So I might have to do some digging to see what the technology BBC is using to stop the likes of V Radio playing its sporting streams. But um, other other BBC stations in V Radio play fine. The other app I just want to touch on, particularly for UK listeners, is a relatively new venture from a charity called British Wireless for the Blind. Uh, it, it doesn't give free wireless routers. We're, we're going back even earlier than dials now. Uh, it started out with Winston Churchill as a charity uh, and gave free radios, essentially, to uh, eligible blind people. Um, they've iterated their offer a little bit. You know, they moved through internet radios. They, they, they have a tablet. And now they've started developing apps. Uh, and they have an app called Speech Radio, which is still fairly new. Uh, it uh, is designed to work with TalkBack, although it's semi-self-voicing as well, and they haven't quite got this right yet. So, so when you open it with TalkBack, it tries to give you some instructions, which TalkBack immediately cuts off. Um, but aside from that, uh, you can control it with voice and gestures, and that will play uh, global radio stations uh, and the BBC. Well, what I particularly like about it is that it loads radio stations very snappily indeed. Um, I don't quite know why it loads it more quickly than other apps. So if you are in the UK, do give do give speech radio a little look. Try it with and without talkback. I, once I've opened it, I actually prefer it without talkback because, uh, as I say, it's... Um, it works uh, by default through voice and then it, it will respond itself. And it's, um, yeah, to, to me, it's a slightly better experience without TalkBack once it's open, but it, but it will work with TalkBack. So just another option there. Now we're moving on to our In Spotlight section. Uh, and Warren, I think I'm going to let you lead this one. I am so delighted to be introducing our mystery guest, of course, we've mentioned his name earlier, Gleb Zevkov of the Boxmate. And, you know, if we talk about simplicity, this is simplistic. The whole idea about Voxmate, and I'm so excited about it and been wanting Gleb to come on for quite a spell now. And it's nice to see him finally coming on with the release of Voxmate. And Gleb, I want you to talk to us about this, and I'm glad you are here. Now, Gleb, 
How about you go ahead and take us back to the history of VoxMed? What led you to doing this? Uh, challenges that you encountered and things like that. Just let that baby loose. Uh, hi, Warren. Uh, thanks uh, for having me. Um, I am the uh, founder of VoxMate, and I'm really happy to be here. You can ask me anything. Uh, just to get started with history, it all started about three years ago when uh, uh, me uh, and Katya, my co-founder, her father started losing vision and uh, started losing vision one eye first and the doctors didn't quite figure out why. Then the second eye, you know, just came on suddenly. Then when they tried to save the, some vision in the second eye, they pumped the eye with some uh, goo and uh, he was completely blind from then on. Uh, but th back then they thought they might save some vision. So he, he was, you know, a little bit frustrated, <laughs> to put it mildly. Uh, he was in his 60s. Uh, it's uh, a big adjustment. We tried all sorts of stuff. Like we, we tried um, uh, putting uh, like audiobooks on MP3 players. We bought cheap MP3 players with one button, like it has a play button, and we put a, an audiobook on one, and we, you know, put around a whole bunch around, around his uh, bed and... So he could kind of figure out something to do. He was going out of his mind with boredom. First three days at the hospital, forget it. You know, he, he couldn't do anything. Uh, yeah, and so um, one thing led to another. We started looking for software solutions. We found voiceover, we found TalkBack. We bought him a huge iPad. And uh, I, I personally tried to learn everything, you know, how to use it and, and so on. And, and, and then I tried to teach him how to use it. And it was, you know, we couldn't do it. It wasn't doable. He, he, he couldn't figure it out. Uh, and it was a very frustrating experience for him as well. So uh, we sat down and decided to make, uh, well, initially it was going to be, you know, his, his primary needs app. And then that was going to be the news and, and radio and podcasts and, and, and just, you know, a little bit of entertainment. I don't know, the stars aligned in a particular way that one thing led to another and we decided to make a platform for applications instead of actually making, you know, this this service. Because, well, let's suppose we were going to do the news and uh, we would have to scrape the news somewhere where, you know, he reads the news and just present it in a nice way for him. But uh, that, uh, you know, scraper might get outdated tomorrow. You know, uh, the website might change and then... And, and, the application experience would be broken. So we wanted to kind of build something that has uh, resistance to that type of, um, uh, you know, change. Uh, and, and, and that's what we set out to do. We, we made VoxMate so that it's an app platform. It has apps on it. The apps get pushed to it in a, in a way that is similar to like a web page. Maybe if you, if you, if you liken VoxMate to Chrome browser, then every time you visit a web page, you get a new web page, and every time you visit a VoxMate app, if it's a, if it has been updated, it'll it'll fetch it for you. And and because audio applications are, well, they don't need to be that large. You know, m most stuff in the in any application, well, it's uh, business logic, but then it's also graphics and, and sounds and so on. But our audio applications, they they are not that large. They can be quite tiny and so they they work well in this uh, uh, web metaphor so we started making apps we we made uh, 
audiobooks, we made uh, file players so you can put audio files on the on Voxmate and, and just listen uh, to those. We made news apps, we made, uh, you know, all sorts. Uh, and we just kept going. Uh, we went to a couple of trade shows in Estonia, in, in England as well, and showed what we were building. And we saw that a lot of people were quite excited about the simplicity because we, we set out to build something that was very simple to use. So, so there's there's people who are super comfortable with voiceover and talk back, right? Um, our own team member, Jacob, he jumped on a little bit later. He's the chair of the Estonian Blind Union. And uh, he's a wizard with uh, with technology. You know, he, he uses his uh, iPhone faster than I can use my phone. But, uh, but there's a lot of people out there and we found that out, you know, through uh, going to these trade shows uh, that cannot use uh, TalkBack, that cannot really use voiceover in any meaningful capacity. So we thought, okay, so w- what we wanted to do, we wanted to do something for everybody. We wanted to make this smorgasbord of services, right? Uh, we have news for people like uh, Katya's father, but then for more advanced users, we want to create like a, a nice experience with an application. Think of it like we're skinning some applications and putting a new skin on on, on an existing service. So this we do with uh, YouTube, for example. We do it with Telegram, for example. So you can send Telegram messages. And we have a nice audio-first experience with that. Um, yeah, and then we started adding games. Uh, we added network games as well. And, you know, one thing led to another. And we have this whole, whole big um, uh, service toolkit now. Uh, I can show you around a little bit if you'd like. That'd be fantastic. Is that something? Yeah. Right. Okay. So I have uh, I have it connected to my computer. Let's see if it if it works. Boxmet. Phone. Uh, did you hear that? Yes. That's the main menu, right? It says Voxmate and one one voice. We're actually trying to play it with voices as well, so that you know one voice tells you some informational content and and other voices for for the content that you actually want to hear and so on. And, and we have this simple uh, system where you swipe up, down, left and right, up and down, goes up and down a Rolodex of, of items. Items can be very simple or, or quite complicated. For example, the main menu has the phone. That's just one word and as simple as it gets. If you want to make a con- phone call, you go there. To, to make that phone call, you swipe right and then you choose who you want to call and you know, the rest is history. Uh, but meanwhile, we can we can just go through up up and down the menu and see what what's what. So entertainment. Next item is entertainment. Here we have uh, everything from news to YouTube to podcasts and and so on. Social. We have a social section. Here we have our own audio forum. The audio forum is like um, it's just like any forum, but you don't go. You know the. Uh, narration to STT to TTS route. You just record an audio file and then all threads are just audio of people talking. Uh, Games, social. And, and another big part of social is Telegram. It's, it's, it's a really nice client. Uh, you can just have it on your desk and it'll, it'll announce things. And uh, it's an easy way to go around, see, see the messages and reply to messages, send your location, stuff like that games then we have some games we have some uh single player games like sudoku for people who are into that and we have some multiplayer games like uh for colors 
uh, for people who are into that. Uh, we, we, we think games is going to be a big thing for us. We're just getting started on it, though. We've made this game game center uh, metaphor where you can, you know, come in. There's a bunch of games you can play with your friends, maybe even meet some new people. But um, uh, we just we, we, we have a couple of games now. We're also working on our own single player game uh, called Boxville. Uh, you build your village, you kind of, uh, you know, upgrade buildings, barbarians attack you. Uh, it's 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 kind of our own little uh, mind game that we're we're playing with ourselves. Uh, resources. Then we have the resources tab. It's uh, you have you know Corona app is there, uh, Knowledgeville app is there. Uh, it's 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 more about you know content and getting information. Utilities. Uh, we have some utilities. That's uh, for example our OCR app. It's very basic, but uh, you know it works quite well if you want to. You know, scan some text or, or, or do something like, you know, uh, make notes, like make notes, then, you know, utilities are for you. Utilities, early access feedback. Uh, and then we have, you know, we want to be community driven. So we have this app, early access feedback. You can just record a message. I think Ed recorded a message earlier today telling us how he was unable to find a switch, uh, switch for slower, <laughs> slower paced text. Uh, well, we can help you out. We can send you a message how to resolve that and, and things like that. And then I think setting. It's now after... 19 hours, 52 minutes and 40 seconds. You have seven unread Voxmit notifications. Swipe right for details, messages and weather. Then you come to these meta fields. So this is a, this is a tile in, in Voxmate. It has a whole bunch of stuff, you know, and, and it, it, it reads you it's like a notification notification center where you can swipe right for for you know to open the read your messages and so on so in this metaphor we have you know all kinds of little small little applications uh, we can update them easily as soon as something breaks i get a notification i rush to my workstation and i push out uh, a fix and i think in in, in these ways we're going to be very different from existing solutions we're going to be targeting Primarily people who struggle with uh, talkback and voiceover today, but uh, at the same time, I think there's going to be value for everybody, especially in community building. Like for example, maybe you're super comfortable with talkback, but uh, maybe your friends aren't. You still want to chat with them on Telegram, so maybe you know they put. It, it, it's a nice way of doing things in that way. So uh, I've been talking for too much. Uh, how about some questions, man? Now, we do want to mention here, though, that, you know, this can be used with both TalkBack running or with uh, TalkBack not running. So uh, if people are wanting to know whether or not they can have TalkBack running, yes, you can still have TalkBack running. And if you don't want to have TalkBack running, it will let you run it without TalkBack. As a matter of fact, when you first start the app, it's going to ask you whether you want to let TalkBack run or not. Right, uh, Gleb? So that's right. So we call this talkback compatibility mode, and some of our users have rightfully pointed out that we should just call it, you know, uh, screen reader compatibility mode. Except we haven't really tested with every screen reader out there. We've tested with uh, Samsung's Assistant and uh, talkback, but basically, uh, we have four swipes. Talkback has swipes, but uh, we can bypass talkback swipes by adding an extra finger. So you can, if you're if you don't want to turn TalkBack off, you have this TalkBack compatibility mode, you enable it, 
And uh, just by adding another finger to all gestures, you swipe up and down with two fingers now. Uh, you can use Voxmate as if, you know, uh, as if you had TalkBack deactivated for just Voxmate. And what voices you use when you do that, Gleb? Is it TalkBack or is it Voxmate? So right now we're using uh, any voice that you have installed on your, on your device. Um, you can configure it from settings. Uh, I personally really like Google Voices, <coughs> and uh, those are the default. We, we've chosen some default voices, and yeah. uh, uh, and we started out with those. We have plans uh, of including uh, high definition voices, but it's a uh, can be a huge expense for us. So we we want to see you know how people use the app first, and uh, it, it, we cannot make a promise that this will be part of the application downstream but this is something we hope to do meanwhile you know so much is happening in tts space and i'm trying to keep uh you know can you know connected with uh with what's going on so that when the opportune moment comes when voxmate gets funded to a proper level for example we will jump on the chance to um, include some really high quality voices and when you're using it in talkback mode, is, is it VoiceMate or is it talkback that's providing the audio feedback? Uh, it, it's still VoiceMate. Uh, it's still VoiceMate. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's still VoiceMate. It's just that you're using talkback swipes because if you don't have talkback, then all you need is just a single finger swipe, you know, up, down, left, or right. But if you have talkback enabled, then you have to employ those two fingers up, down, left, or right. However, the feedback that you are hearing is totally coming from the VoxMed app. Another question I had, you talked about the problem of deploying something like a scraper uh, because, you know, the website might change um, and, and it might not work anymore. Any users of the JAWS research it function can probably sympathize uh, with that. I, I'm just wondering, unless it's giving away too many trade secrets, how have you fixed that with VoxMate? What, what's the technological solution to not using a scraper? Uh, so we are using, you know, a form of scraping to, for, for example, to provide the news. Uh, it's just uh, more, much more robust in the sense that as soon as it fails, you know, the developer is notified and uh, it usually is a minor change on the website. I can fix the application, you know, right away and uh, I can push the application to all users right away. So, you know, within 10, 20 minutes, we'll, we'll have a solution in place. And, and, and that's, you know, we are in a, strange situation right now because all of these websites they could have been providing us with nice apis right they're just not for you know their economic reasons so we have to find a solution that works you know uh, in a scalable manner uh, similar I, I think recently telegram made a uh, uh, project called instant view and uh, you know their solution is to outsource you know uh, creativity to a whole bunch of developers so that they can create the scrapers and then the scraper can can work when you when you send a message on telegram and it has some news article in it uh, the scraper will go pick it up check it out and, and then put part of the text of the article or the whole article right into telegram and they're using a similar technique 
that we're using to, you know, quickly get those scrapers updated when they get outdated. The biggest problem that we have, I think, in assistive tech altogether with, with regards to software is that there's a lot of software that gets written on enthusiasm and that gets abandoned. Yeah. Uh, with Voxmate, we're trying to, very hard to think about those problems as the biggest problems uh, and how we can, you know, how we can make our software evergreen uh, in the sense that as soon as there needs to be an update, we can make that update or we can outsource that update or in some way make that update possible. Downstream, uh, we, we're just by the way, we're three people working on this and it's me, Katza and Jacob. I'm the developer, Katja is the uh, you know, tester and community outreach person, and Jacob is our assistive tech you know, expert. Uh, so right now we're doing as much as possible for three people to do. Uh, but what we wanna do is we wanna get funded and we wanna create you know, like a startup thing where, uh, where we, we create much more value and over, over years of, of time, we could create something really, really wonderful. Now, uh, our next, one of our next biggest goals uh, is to uh, outsource uh, development to the community at large. And that we, we want to do with, uh, you know, an SDK. So that anybody who wants to make their own Voxmate app can do so quite easily. Uh, you know, if you if you have a friend who's a developer and you want your garage door to open and you want a button for that, for example, well, Voxmate will give you that, you know, a, a way to, to make that solution an easy way. But also, uh, you know, by open sourcing our scrapers and all, all of those things, we hope to maybe, uh, you know, create that kind of uh, quick fix uh, ecosystem around around our own applications. I hope that was clear enough. Now, based on the kind of feedback you're getting and um, whatever you observe about usage, what do users seem to be most interested in? What types of apps or activities? Uh, well, right now we're just we've launched four days ago, so I think it's mm -hmm. really early to talk about statistics. Mm -hmm. uh, we see that people uh, uh, and you know different users. Right, what we see right now is different users care for different things. Uh, so there's uh, some people who just want the games. They don't want to look at anything else in the app. They just go for the games. They stay in the games. They can you know, play the games. Then uh, some people like podcasts. Some people like Telegram. So right now we're seeing this little. There's there's no real statistics of uh, uh, you know that I could answer your question really well. Mm -hmm. Right now, the smorgasbord of apps seems to be just that. Everybody mm -hmm. wants their own little taste of, of, of Voxmate. Mm -hmm. Now, Gleb, let's talk about the big elephant in the room. And you mentioned earlier on that, you know, sometimes some things of this nature come and go. And to me, you know, what comes to mind was an app called Equalize some years ago, I think back in 2014. And it was something a little bit similar to this, but a little bit different in the sense that it was more or less like a launcher and Android starting back then and people finding it easier to use that. But then what happened though was that they started to monetize it and it went really bad because it started like at $70 or something like that. Now let's talk about that because this is gonna be probably 
one of the most important things because people know how, what the subscription uh, models are, you know, monthly and annual and all of that. I think that's very important uh, to people. And uh, could we address that, that a little bit? All right. Uh, so, again, I, I see this as a, a part of a bigger problem, right? So the number of, uh, you know, software solutions offered for uh, the blind is quite low. And, and, and this is a problem because there's nothing, very few things to choose from. Well, so we're, we're trying to address that as well. Uh, we want to see uh, a sustainable way of growing our company. And we want to see that through a subscription model. We've done the math. There's, uh, if, if there's enough users, we can, we can create something uh, that is worth, worth uh, you know, keeping. Uh, we start our subscription at, uh, right now, it's, it's, it's uh, at 75% off. It's uh, just three uh, point something dollars a month, depending on your jurisdiction. And uh, we have also uh, a free model where you can use Voxmate for free for uh, several hours per week. And uh, this is, I think, we'll, we'll have that uh, right balance of uh, free versus uh, paid. So people who are using Voxmate more, uh, it just makes sense to pay that little bit extra. To us, the biggest challenge is to get as many users on board as possible and to prove to our investors that uh, there is capacity to pay for such applications. And, and once, when we jump over the hump, our technology will provide us with the means. So again, if you compare uh, one Android app to another Android app, then you're thinking, well, the developer went through all this trouble to create this application. And then, you know, another developer goes through all that trouble to create that application. We are building a platform such that it will allow us to create uh, audio applications much easier, deploy these applications, make uh, use of, uh, you know, other developers and so on. It's a, it's a bigger, bigger vision, if you like. And uh, the most important thing for us right now is getting as many users as possible on the platform as many paying customers as possible on the platform. So we can go to the investor and say, uh, look, there's potential here, invest into us. And then we can go to the next, next big phase in development, create more and better applications. And then at some point there will be enough users, hopefully, to uh, make everything balanced out. We should be throwing a party for Katja's dad for making this uh, thing possible, right? I think it's all, it all revolves around him, doesn't it? Well, this is how we uh, first got introduced to the subject. Uh, yeah, before... so I think we, we owe a lot to him for uh, this wonderful app because uh, you, you guys probably wouldn't have thought about doing this if it were not for him. I mean, it wasn't a good thing that happened to him, but yet in the same breath, it wound up being a blessing to a lot of us blind people in a sense. Well, I, I'm glad you see it that way. Uh, for, for us, you know, in, internally, we were, you know, we went through all the uh, stages of, of grief. You know, we were angry, we negotiated, all, all, all of that. Uh, but uh, ultimately, you know, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's force for good. And another thing, 
that we were kind of lucky because we are in Estonia and uh, we have these, uh, you know, many, many languages in the, just in the neighborhood. So we made the app, uh, you know, speak all the languages right away. You know, we, we, it, it spoke, initially it spoke Russian, Estonian and English. So it's day one, it was multilingual. Uh, we've now stripped out uh, most of other languages because we, we just need to get that traction going. We need to get that, you know, uh, you need to get users. We need to get uh, uh, basically to next phase of our development. So but, what language uh, we does still, it speak? Well, right now it speaks English, but, okay. th but the technology stack allows us, and, and for example, Telegram speaks all sorts of languages and, and is smart about it as well. So if you're if you're talking to somebody in English, it'll use an English TTS. If you talk with somebody in Russian, it'll use a Russian TTS. So yeah. we try to be clever about things like that. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, going forward, uh, making localizations of Voxmate is going to be easy for us. So we were mm -hmm. looking at Spanish and we're looking at, you know, all, all sorts of language groups here in, in Europe. Um, and uh, it, I think it's also a big problem because a lot of apps are made in English and then kind of leaves behind a whole bunch of people. Mm -hmm. So I think though that, you know, besides our catch as dad, I think the magic word here also has to be, uh, what would you think that magic word would be, Gleb? Well, I would say Estonia is the magic word. I agree. Because, you know, something good came out of Estonia, right? A lot of good stuff came out of Estonia. Come on, man. <laughs> don't, don't let me get all defensive for my, for my home country, man. <laughs> but but this, is, this is by far and away the most important software package to come out of Estonia. Forget Skype. Uh, I'm going to you know, catch so much flack for this. <laughs> Fox, mate, way more important than Skype. You heard it here. Microsoft is hiring Skype anyway. So, like... You talk about sustainability warrant and blindness apps, Skype's going. So, uh, if only we could have a, have a fraction of what uh, Microsoft paid for Skype, you know, dump on Voxmate, we'll be sitting pretty, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. The social media elements, you, you mentioned Audio Forum and Telegram, you've got Reddit as well. Um, yeah. How easy is it to add other ones? You know, Warren is a massive Facebook fan, never off book faces, Warren, you know, every every day, aren't you, Warren? Love it. Oh my, <laughs> my head just fell to the floor because, you know. So can you add book faces? Yeah. Okay. I don't show I don't show my face on Facebook. So you search for me and you'll be searching in vain because you're not <laughs> gonna find my knucklehead up there on Facebook. Uh, so uh let me um answer that, try to answer that. So some websites are really nice, like Reddit, for example, they offer you a clean API. You comply with their rules, you do as they say, you can create a very nice, slick experience for your users. Now when we set off, I wanted to have a way to forcefully accessibilize uh, services that, you know, didn't really uh, provide any, any, yeah, well, yeah, we could say. We have many, for example, news sites and, and uh, Jacob here, he's the chair of the Estonian Blind Union, as I mentioned. Um, people call him up from Estonian Blind People and ask, well, could you ask that website provider or something? Could they do something about the, you know, 
the ads or, or whatever, you know, it's super inaccessible. So he calls them up and says, you know, could you do something about it? And they say, we just don't have the budget for it. Because for them, you know, it's 1% or less of the user base. They, they, they struggle enough as is. In, in some way, I understand them also. They, you know, just uh, journalism today, for example, is, 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 is a very tough place to make money. So they say we don't we can't spare the development effort and and then you know you have the stalemate so who's wrong who's right and I think you know the right thing for us to do is to kind of forcefully accessibilize services that won't comply and uh, so to to that we have developed you know technologies that we will continue work on to work on to make them better and better right now you know things that Facebook does to create their feeds to make you go through the motions is too complicated for our tech stack to handle so we don't offer facebook i know many people have mentioned that they want facebook so i know uh, but we're working on a solution for that as well and we can we i can promise you that we can make that solution the only thing the only thing stopping us right now is you know development power we just can't pull it quite right just yet so we, we go for you know low hanging fruits. We we take uh, we take Telegram because they offer a very nice clean API. We take uh, uh, Reddit because they offer a very nice clean API. But downstream, absolutely, I think I think there should be a way for us you know to kind of say, well, I want that service to work and you want that service to work, but they don't you know necessarily want to spend the resource. So how how is this? you know solvable and, and and i think voxmate can offer a solution because what we can do is we can pool the resources you know buy these monthly subscriptions uh people tell us what they want and we go and and make it happen i just have one other question if i could and you, you told us the story about uh of voxmate and and, and katia's dad and one touch on that what's your story Clev? what were you doing before voxmate Oh, I was working for a company in Australia, and that's, I guess, how we got the name. <laughs> Everybody says, make this, make that. And I guess on some kind of, you know, uh, in the back of my mind, it was uh, on top on top of my mind in another way. So uh, I was working, I'm a developer. I've, I've been working. I, I lived in Sweden most of my life. Then I moved to Estonia, and uh, I was born in Estonia. And then I lived in Sweden, and then I moved back to Estonia. I, uh, I I worked as a developer. I worked on many startups, uh, and I found myself, uh, you know, working on one way or another. And this is a very sad story. On some, you know, might be far removed, but it was still kind of some kind of banking scheme. Like either it was debt collection or or something. Mm. You know, it just didn't feel right. And uh, so I quit my job and I decided to work on this instead. And that. Okay, it was very expensive. <laughs> very expensive <laughs> journey for me. I bet. But it, but it does feel much better. Thank you so much, Gleb. Um, that has been a wonderful story and a journey, quite a journey there to talk about and uh, seeing where you guys are here today. Because I remember was that last or oh, two years ago when you first had that thing and we were excited about it. And then you guys went quiet for a while. We didn't know you were cooking something up good and you came back with something really good. So we really appreciate you, you and Katya and Jacob and uh, our thanks 
to you guys. And by the way, you know, people can listen to our podcast right there on Voxnet, can they? Yep, absolutely. Uh, I just added this podcast to my favorites right before coming here. Oh, great. Uh, so you guys make sure you use that VoxMed Find Blind Android Users podcast there and listen to us. And we're thankful to Gleb and his team for doing this. Gleb, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And the other thing I just want to say is that you can win a subscription to uh, VoxMate. Is that an annual subscription, Gleb, or a monthly subscription? What are we giving away? We'll make it a permanent subscription. Oh, permanent subscription to VoxMate. Wowzers. That's really good. So, all you need to do is you need to email contact us at blindandroidusers.com. Where's Austin when you need him? Contact us at blindandroidusers.com. And you need to tell us the magic word, which uh, Warren and Gleb snuck into that interview. Do that and win a permanent subscription to VoxMate. Make sure you email us from your Gmail account. Or from your Play Store. Yeah, your, your, yeah, your, from your Play Store account. That's right. Uh, In other words, be sure that the email address that you will be giving us has to be that which you use for your Google Play Store. That is the one you are installing VoxMate from. That's right. It's good catch, Anna. Thank you. And now we have uh, Warren's review of the Pixel 5a. Today, I will be unboxing the Pixel 5a that was announced last week. Mine just got here. And unlike many, I am not interested in focusing on the box. I am more interested in focusing in what is in the box. In other words, it's the phone that I'm focused on. Let us, though, go through some of the specs and give you a recap of what the specs of this phone are. So, this phone is running the Qualcomm Snapdragon 765G, and it has 6 gigs of RAM, 128 gigs of internal storage, 6.34 screen size, and on the back of the phone, there are a couple cameras. There's a 16-megapixel ultra-wide camera and a 12 megapixel uh, regular camera. For those of you that like taking selfies, in the front we are equipped with an 8 megapixel punch hole camera. When it comes to battery, there's a 4680 milliamp battery powering this device and there's an 18 watt wired charging. Those are the main specs of this phone. I will now grab my pocket knife and open up that box. Let's see what we got. All right, there we go. All right, got the box open. And the box is typical of any Pixel, if you've ever had a Pixel device. Same idea, at the bottom, little tear-off, so you could tear off um, the little thing that is holding the box together, so you can open the box. I just did that. And now, I'm going to pull the top of the box off. 
There's that gorgeous phone sitting in there and saying hello. I typically would have both a tempered glass and a case ready for my phone, but the one I ordered has not arrived. But I thought I'll just go ahead and unbox this phone anyway. So there's the phone and it only comes in black. So I got a black one. And of course it's lying in the box with its back facing out. So the camera there is on the top right hand corner and slightly below that in the middle is the fingerprint reader. And that's it. Of course, everything is the same. You got a headphone jack on the top and your power and volume keys on the right side of the phone. I believe it has some charge, so I'm going to turn it on. Like I said, I'm not interested in what is in the box because I know it does have the charger. Yep, there's the charging block in there, and this is probably the last one that Google is giving us as the Pixel 6 is not going to be having one. So I have that 18 watt charger in there. Now I'm going to turn the phone on. And by the way, this thing comes running Android 11. And just imagine that either at the end of next month or early October, we will be getting Android 12. Google should have just waited. Because when I get Android 12, it's going to be counting against me as receiving an OS update. So I'm not very sure about that. Anyway, so it is coming on. I hope I have enough battery on there. And since it's running Android 11, one could either enable accessibility by either holding the two volume keys or by simply putting down two fingers on the face of the screen and enable accessibility that way. And by the way, even though the phone is metallic, because of the coating, you would think it's plastic. All right, I'm going to hold down my two volume keys. Or actually, I'm going to try the two finger hold down instead, see what happens. Putting my two fingers down. Continue touching the screen until you hear a beep to enable accessibility mode. Accessible. Talk back tutorial. And by the way, I haven't peeled off the covering on the face of the phone, so you may be hearing it a little bit muffled because I want that thing clean so that when I get my tempered glass, hopefully next week, early next week, then I'll just put it on. So I'm not peeling off that plastic from the face of the phone. Of course, it brings up the talkback tutorial. I'm going to find the exit and exit out of that. Now, at the bottom left is the back key. I'm going to tap on that back key to exit out of this talkback tutorial. Back button, out of list, navigation bar. Hi there. Language, English, United States button. Double tap to activate. I tapped on the back button and I am now in the main UI, that is the startup wizard, where I could now set up the phone. By default, of course, it's running English United States. So I'm just going to tap on the get started or whatever the case may be. Start button. Double tap to activate. And the start button is at the bottom right. Connect to mobile network. If you have a SIM card, insert it now. I don't have a SIM card. So what I'm going to do 
is I'm gonna actually try to use eSIM instead. Download a SIM instead, add a number using eSIM. The SIM card tray is located on the top left edge of your phone. Use the SIM ejection tool that comes with your phone to eject the tray and insert a nano SIM card. Once you insert your SIM card, it may take a few seconds to activate. I believe that I find where the SIM tray is. It's on the left side of the device toward the bottom. So like almost toward the bottom is the SIM card tray. To be sure, even though I'm absolutely certain that this is what it is, I'm going to grab a little SIM ejector that I have in my drawer and pop it out to be sure. Let's see what I find. All right, I will now put in my SIM ejection tool here. Yep, there it is. There it is. I just popped the SIM card tray out. The SIM card tray reminds me of that one found in the Nexus 6 phone, except that it has a little enclosure. It is not all the way open like that that you find on the Nexus 6. So I'll put it back. So now I'm gonna tap on the download eSIM instead. Download a SIM instead, add a number using eSIM. Double tap to activate. Download your SIM. Connect to your mobile network by downloading the info that's usually on a SIM card. This replaces standard SIM cards and is just as safe. All right, so I'm gonna find the next and tap on it. So it'll take me to the list of wireless networks from which I will choose my wireless network. Next button. Double tap to activate. Connect to Wi-Fi. Connect to Wi-Fi in list. And mine is called the Mesh. The Mesh Wi-Fi signal full secure network. Showing password keyboard. The Mesh editing password edit box. And now I'm going to mute and put in my password and I'll be right back. I just finished typing in my password to my Wi-Fi and I will now tap on connect. Connect button. The Connect to Wi-Fi. The Mesh saved Wi-Fi signal full secure network in list. Symbol keyboard hidden. Getting your phone ready. This may take a few minutes. Gboard updating your typing experience. Service updating digital well-being. Checking network info. Confirm your network. On this screen, I'll be choosing my provider. And here are the list of providers that support the eSIM. AT&T in list. Google Fi. Sprint, T-Mobile, Verizon, use a different network, double tap to activating in a store. If a representative asks for your read, you can. So that's the list. And mine is the Google Fi. So I'll find the Google Fi, which is like the second one and tap on it. Sprint in list, Google Fi, double tap to activate, Android setup, just a sec. Android setup, just a sec, Man, that just a sec. Vibration data is strong. Available or in progress. Copy apps and data. You can choose to transfer your apps, photos, contacts, Google account, and more. What we have here is either done copy or tap next. The done copy is at the bottom left and the next 
is at the bottom right. I will tap on next. Next button. Use your old phone. On this screen, we're told to use our old phone, but I'm going to tap on can't use old phone, which is found at the bottom left. Can't use old phone button. Tap on this. Alert restore data without old phone. You can restore more data, including photos and videos, if you use your old phone. To restore data without your old phone, sign in with your username and password on the next screen. And I'm going to tap on OK, which is in the middle of the phone on the right edge. OK button. Just a sec. Android setup. Just a sec. Account setup. Checking info. Google Play Services. Checking info. Sign in with your Google account. Learn more. Sign in. Sign in with your Google account. Learn more. Web view. This is where you sign in with your Google account. And I am... I'm going to pull out my other phone and keep it handy because I'm going to be using the two-step verification and have it send me the authentication to my other phone. And this is when I type in my email and password. I'll be right back. I'm going to use my other phone now. No, it's not me. Button. Yes, no, it's yes. Button. Yes. Button. All right, I tapped on yes, and it should be signing me in. People who have your number will be able to connect with you across Google services, for example, via video calls and messages. And I don't care. And here you could either tap yes or skip basically, hey, can I use your phone number? Identify you, blah, blah, blah. I tap skip for now. Next. Publish the Google Terms of Service so that you know what to expect as you... Is all that agreement and there's a I agree or I'm in toward the bottom on the right hand edge. I agree. Button. I agree. Getting account info. Android setup. Just a sec. Just a sec. Restore data from an old phone. Restore data from an old phone in list eight items. I am now on the page from which I could pick a device from which to restore my apps and things like that. And I heard there are eight items. I'm going to see what I have. I got... Choose a backup below. Google Pixel 2 XL backup seven days ago. Three Google Pixel 4 backup one hour ago. 9.15 Google Pixel XL backup August 13th. 11 Google Pixel 4 backup July 20th. 8 Google Pixel 4 backup July 4th. Motorola Nexus 6 backup July 4th. 8.39 p.m. I'm going to choose the one from my Google Pixel 4, which was an hour ago. Google Pixel 4 backup one hour ago. 9.15 a.m. Confirm your old Google Pixel 4 screen lock. To decrypt your backup, enter your old phone screen lock on the next screen. So when you tap on the next at the bottom right corner, it's going to ask for your PIN that you have on that device. Next button. Showing numeric password keyboard. Confirm your old Google Pixel 4 screen lock. Editing password edit box. I do want to mention here in passing that I actually like the responsiveness of the keyboard on this phone. And I will now put in 
my pen and I'll be right back. I just finished putting in my pen and above the keyboard on the right hand corner, there's the confirm or there's a done button at the bottom of the keyboard. I'm going to tap on the one that says done. Done. Numeric password keyboard hidden. Choose what to restore. Choose what to restore. Heading in list. We are now on a page with a list of apps that we could restore from. And you can choose the ones that you want or simply tap restore at the bottom right corner and it will restore all that you have. In my case, I have been trimming down and let's see how many apps I have. Choose what to restore. 9.5 gigabytes of 114 gigabytes. Heading. So I got about 9.5 gigs of apps. Synced automatically. Double photos and videos. You in Google, Gmail, Calendar, and Drive. Choose what to restore. Apps, all 320. So we have all apps, 321. And... Check contacts. Checkbox. Yeah, contacts. Double tap. Check device settings. Checkbox. And the device settings are also checked. So now I'm simply going to tap on restore. Restore button out of completing setup Google Play. Restoring. You can continue setting up your Pixel. Restoring. Android setup. Collapsed backup to Google Drive. Easily restore your data or switch devices at any time. Your backup includes apps, app data, call history, contacts, device settings, including Wi-Fi passwords and permissions, and SMS. Your backups are securely encrypted and uploaded to Google. For some data, your device's screen lock pin, pattern or password is used for enhanced protection. And then below that we have one about location. Collapsed, use location, allow apps and services with location permission to use your device's location. Google may collect location data periodically and use this data in an anonymous way to improve location accuracy and location-based services. There's a check mark or switch to the right of that on the right edge of the phone, which by default is turned on. I'm going to uncheck that or I'm going to turn off that switch for now and then give permission as I so wish as to giving them a blanket approval. I'm going to turn that off. Off. Showing items one. All right. Collapsed. Allow scanning. Allow apps and services to scan for Wi-Fi networks and nearby devices at any time, even when Wi-Fi or Bluetooth is off. Off switch for allow scanning. Disabled. That one is off and is disabled because it is dependent on the one about location above that I have turned off. So that one is turned off. The next one after that that talks about scanning is the one that we have that says... Collapsed send usage and diagnostic data help improve your Android device experience by automatically sending diagnostic device and app usage data to Google. This will help battery life, system and app stability, and other improvements. Some aggregate data will also help Google apps and partners, such as Android developers. If your additional web and app activity setting is turned on, this data may be saved to your Google account. And there's a checkbox or switch to the right of that, and it's up to you to turn it off or leave it on. On, switch for send usage and diagnostic data. And at the bottom right there is the accept. Accept button, out of list. Additional legal terms. By clicking, I accept, you agree to the Google Terms of Service and the 
Google Device Arbitration Agreement. Dot. Note the Google Privacy Policy describes how your data is handled. All right, at the bottom right again is the accept. I accept button. Android setup. Just a sec. Sim manager. Checking network info. And now it's checking my SIM to make sure that I am actually registered on the site or with the carrier. Progress Google Fi not fully activated. Tap to finish activation. Activating. All right. Set up your number. Your Fi service is currently associated with a different device. To set up your number on this phone, first make this your primary device. So in this case, I'm going to say... Don't move number button. You won't get calls and texts on this phone. I'm going to say don't move number because right now I don't have a case or tempered glass, so I'm going to say don't move. Alert you won't be able to get calls and texts on this phone unless you make it your primary device. If you change your mind later on, you can make this your primary device at any time. Cancel button. All right, so in the middle of the phone, on the left, in the middle, is the cancel and to the right of that will be the confirm and exit. I will tap on that confirm and exit. Confirm and exit setup button. Additional legal terms. I accept button. All right. Android setup. Just a sec. Android setup. Just a sec. Showing numeric password keyboard. Set screen lock. Editing pin edit box. We are now on a screen that will choose a pin and that's for our security. And you can choose not to, but I always do. So I'm going to put in my pin. I will mute for just a sec. Bullet. I just finished typing my pin again. And now I'll tap on done at the bottom right corner of the phone. Nine. Next. Next, rather. Unlock with pixel imprint. Numeric password keyboard hidden. Use your fingerprint to unlock your phone or approve purchases. Note, your fingerprint may be less secure than a strong pattern or pin. And here we are at the fingerprint, and you can skip that. There's a skip on the bottom left, or next on the bottom right. I'm going to add a fingerprint, so I'll tap on next at the bottom right corner. Next button. Touch the sensor. It's on the back of your phone. Use your index finger. Lift, then touch again. Put your finger on the sensor and lift after you feel a vibration. Fingerprint added. When you see this icon, use your fingerprint for identification or to approve purchases. Now at the bottom right is the next or this and add another on the bottom left. I'll tap on add another. Add another button. Lift then touch again. All right. Fingerprint added. Fingerprint added. I'm just going to click on next for now. Next button. Android setup. Just a sec. Continue setup. Keep going to get your phone fully set up. Or leave now and get a reminder to finish later. I will tap on the continue toward the bottom found in the middle. Continue button. Android setup. Just a sec. Your assistant will be right with you. Google. Google Assistant logo. Voice match enrollment. And this is about the voice assistant. I'm going to tap on next. I agree button voice match enrollment. Rather, I agree. 
Your assistant can already recognize your voice. All right, so now I'll tap on continue or next at the bottom right corner. You can view or the next button. Android setup, just a sec. Google, confirm a few quick details and you'll be all set to make fast, secure payments with your phone. Google Pay. Okay. Skip button. Next button. For now though, I'll click on skip. Skip button. Anything else? Set up a few more things now or find them later in settings. Okay, and here has to do with things like notifications and adding other email accounts and things like that. Keep display always on row two. Control info on lock screen, row three, column one. I'm going to tap here and make sure that it has kept my setting, which says I don't want any notification showing at all on my lock screen. Lock screen. How do you want the lock screen to display? Not checked. Show sensitive content only when unlocked. Radio button two of three. In check. Don't show notifications at all. Radio button three of three. It kept my setting that says do not show anything at all. So I'll just tap on next at the bottom. Done. Button out of list. Rather done. Anything else? Control info on lock screen. All right. I'll just go to done or next. Done for now. Button out of grid. Done for now. Just a sec. Get more tips and tricks. Stay up to date on Google's hardware products and related features, services, and offers. Plus, receive invitations to help improve Google hardware products and related services. Learn more. For support, updates, and more, go to settings greater than support. I already have subscribed to it, so I could either tap yes or no thanks. Yes, I'm in button. That is yes, I'm in. Completing setup, Google Play. Getting your phone ready. This may take a few minutes. Introduction to navigation gestures. And now we're at the introduction to the navigation uh, gestures. Go home. Swipe up from the bottom of your screen. This gesture always takes you to the home screen. Next button. Switch apps. Next two of four. Switch apps. Swipe up from the bottom of your screen, hold, then release. Go to next. Next button. Go back. Next three of four. That's swiping from left or right edge to go back. Go to go back to the last screen, swipe towards the middle from the left or right edge. Okay. Next button. Ask your Google Assistant. Next four of four. That's the swiping from the bottom left or right corner. We'll go next or done. Next button. Device unlocked. All set. All set. And now? Swipe up to get started. I'm going to swipe up to go home. Pixel launcher. Welcome to your new Pixel. Service updating digital well-being. And it says, welcome to my new Pixel. Tap for tips. You can tap there for tips, which is near the top. Home screen one of one. Smoke, 70 degrees Fahrenheit. And I'm told it's a 70 degrees and we do have smoke in the air. And so that's it about setting up your device. And right now it's just going to be installing my apps and things like that. And there's no need for me to go into the system settings and all of that and show anything there because everything is the same 
as with any other Pixel phone. And that has been our Pixel 5a journey. And now, instead of an Android journey section uh, this week, we're turning to a book review. Oh, or a book, book discussion anyway. Um, and, and Anna Gaza uh, has perpetuated the theory of mine that only Annas are allowed to write uh, smartphone books uh, in relation to screen reader. And Anna has published her latest book on Android. Anna, do you want to tell us about it? Sure. So about four years ago, I published two books through National Braille Press. One of them was Getting Started on Android. And it went through Android Nougat, which was seven. And the other book was called Commands and Settings. It was basically a list of accessibility-related settings with very brief explanations. Now, Android has evolved since then. And the plan was to update both of those books. But for one reason or another, we only updated the Commands and Settings book. And so I'll tell you a little bit about it. It's one volume. It's through National Braille Press. It's available in Braille, but it's also available in other downloadable formats. And um, my hope is that next year we'll be able to update the Getting Started book. Um, So Commands and Settings is very brief. It's just one volume. Now, I've purchased books from National Braille Press that are, you know, just settings books, and they're literally just a list of settings. And I didn't want to do that because I didn't find that helpful. So in most cases, the settings have a sentence or two of explanation. Um, There are two chapters that are a little more detailed than that, but um, I'll just give you a quick overview of the table of contents. The first chapter are talkback gestures. Talkback has recently grown a lot. It's gained a lot of new gestures. We have the multi-finger gestures. So if you are familiar with talkback, you know that um, we we still have our original set of gestures, um, the right angle gestures, the scrubs, and uh, the one and two finger gestures. But now we have more two-finger gestures, and we have some three- and four-finger gestures. So this book includes all of them and and tells you what they do. And basically, each chapter is divided by headings based on what you find in the menus. All right, the second chapter is the voice commands. These are the talkback voice commands, things like the reading commands, the find command, the text editing commands. the navigation commands. And so um, these are talkback specific and I tested all of these. So sometimes you'll find that in the chapter, I mention a command that's a little different from what you find maybe in the talkback help. And so I, I went through and I tested everything and um, I, I used the commands that I found worked consistently for me. Chapter three is the ear cons. And that tells you why talkback blings and dings and so on. And I personally find ear cons incredibly helpful. Um, A lot of times I'm busy doing things at work and I don't have the ability to actually focus on what my uh, cell phone is saying. So I base 
my judgment about what's going on on the ear cons. And so I have a, a description of that. And then um, in chapter four, we go through all of the accessibility settings um, and, you know, the download settings, the screen reader settings, the display settings, the interaction controls, uh, controls the captions, the audio uh, settings, and the general settings. Now, some of those settings do not apply to us specifically. For example, captions refers to closed captioning and things of interest to people with uh, hearing disabilities. What I've noticed is that um, the hearing disabilities uh, settings aren't necessarily compatible with uh, talkback. So somebody who is deaf and blind uh, wouldn't necessarily be able to uh, it, use their phone well. I hope this changes. So I, I, while I described what the caption settings do, I didn't go into a lot of detail about that at, at all because um, I wasn't able to use them and I wasn't able to test them well. Uh, chapter five is talkback settings. We, we have a lot of uh, those. Um, chapter six, the low vision settings. Now this chapter picks up from different parts of the interface. Uh, it picks up from display settings. It picks up from accessibility settings. It picks up from wallpapers. Um, but I wanted to put all of the settings that are useful to low vision users in one place. So if they do get this book, they're not having to scroll around through all these talkback settings if they don't use talkback as much. Uh, chapter seven are hardware keyboards. So these are settings that are both general and uh, accessibility specific. So uh, we have settings for things like text editing or for launching specific apps like your default messaging app, that kind of thing. But we also have settings that are specific to um, using TalkBack, how to open the context menu, for example. Chapter eight is the only uh, chapter that isn't just a list of settings. It's um, uh, more like a chapter from a book, and it talks about Braille. In the first edition, we only talked about TalkBack, uh, excuse me, in the first edition, we only talked about BrailleBack. In this edition, we talk about Brailleback, but we also talk about the TalkBack Braille keyboard, how to use it. And um, in the Getting Started book, I wasn't able to squeeze this information into the text. So when I wrote the uh, Commands and Settings book, I wanted to make sure we had a chapter that explained how to do that. So that's the only chapter in this book that sounds like a, an actual chapter. This book also has some appendices uh, that cover um, uh, odds and ends that um, people want to know. Most of the stuff was not covered in the main Getting Started book, but some of it was covered in that book. But maybe somebody who doesn't own that book um, wants to know how to do this. For example, the first appendix is about how to adjust the volume. That's the accessibility volume, the media volume, and um, the ringer volume. Chapter, uh, the, I'm sorry, the Appendix B is about how to connect, say, a thumb drive to your Android and access what's there. 
Appendix C is how to connect a Bluetooth device. This is important because we might want to connect a, a QWERTY keyboard or a Braille display or a headset, you know, so that's something we need to know how to do. Appendix D is how to find your Android um, using a website or an app. Appendix E is how to manage file transfers. And um, I included instructions both for uh, transferring files between your Android and your Windows machine and your Android and your Mac machine. So um, this is information that I hope is useful. This book is not for people who don't know how to use TalkBack. This is for people who know how to use TalkBack, but maybe want to um, use it better. They wanna know what more of the gestures and ear cons and commands are. So again, my this is commands and settings. And my hope is that um, sometime next year, we'll be able to um, update the other book. Thanks, Anna. And, and certainly the Getting Started with Android book was the, the, the reference uh, book that I bought when I picked up. I think it was my second Android phone running Oreo to uh, get to know how to use it a bit better. The, the, the settings book sounds thoroughly comprehensive, uh, available from National Braille Press, as you said. And I think so certainly the download version, is it $12? Around about, that? about that much. I don't remember exactly, but that sounds about yeah. right. I think yeah. that's about right. And, and the the old getting started book, the, the nougat book, is that is that still available, or have you retired it because you think things have moved on a bit too much? I believe that's still available. And to be honest, uh, if you're struggling with uh, talkback, that that will still work because a lot of that information still applies. However, the platform has evolved. Um, one of the things I'm noticing as I'm uh, revising that book in the hopes of getting it ready for next year is that I'm cutting all kinds of stuff out about, you know, what to do if you have a pre-lollipop device and blah, blah, blah. So, um, you know, we have evolved uh, and it is time for a new book, but that book will will still get you through in a pinch if you're struggling. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said it's still available because a lot of the fundamentals are still in place. And I think I think there's still uses for that book if people can still get a hold of that. But as Anna said, you might not have too long to wait for an update. Yeah. And, you know, most especially, you know, now we have blind Android users in the gap there, most especially for those of you who are just getting started with Android. This is why we exist for both the advanced and the layman, right? So yeah. use both and I tell you, you'll be golden. And thanks, Anna, for uh, doing all of that and looking forward to when you get this thing updated, most especially next year, we'll be jumping to Android 13 and all that good stuff. So uh, definitely it's a lot of work there for you to get done, girl. Thank you. And now we have the next in our series uh, on the highlights of Talkback from Warren. Hi. For the past four or so weeks, I've been bringing you highlights from TalkBack. This week, however, I want to take a little break and delve into something that people have been having problems with, and that's the changing of granularities using the three-finger gestures. This is something that could be a little bit controversial depending on what side of the aisle you want to come down on. I personally think that the three-finger gestures is not necessarily bad. However, I think it was badly implemented. It was overly duplicated as there's no need 
using it from up or down, and then again duplicating it by swiping from the side or things like that. And so as a result, people are having difficulty using that and finding out that they are triggering some other actions instead of the desired change of the granularity. I do want to mention here in passing that when you are changing these granularities using the three finger gestures, whether you are swiping up or down or side to side, that you try to stay in the middle. In other words, stay in the middle of the phone and do not go too far to the right or too far to the left or too far to the top or too far to the bottom, but stay in the middle of the phone. If you do that, you will get a surefire every single time. However, if you don't, you may wind up triggering something else. I will demonstrate exactly what I'm saying and why I prefer what I dub the scrubbing one finger gesture in changing granularities. Now, here's what I'm talking about. I'm sitting on my first home screen. I will now swipe from the middle of the phone and it needs to be a very short swipe, not too long. Don't pull it down too far down. So from the middle of my phone, I'm going to swipe down with three fingers. Settings. I'll swipe again. Three fingers. Controls. Now I'll swipe up with three fingers from the middle of the phone. Settings. Swipe up again. Paragraphs. Now I'm going to swipe from left to right from the middle of the phone. Headings. Now swipe from right to left with three fingers. Paragraphs. Swipe back left. Headings. Swipe back right. Paragraphs. Swipe left. Headings. Swipe from right to left. Paragraphs. You see what I mean? Now if I swipe from the top of the phone with three fingers, Watch what happens. Or swiping higher than from the middle of the phone, here's what happens. Notification shade. Do not disturb. I have just pulled down the notification shade instead of changing that granularity. That's one of the reasons I'm talking about the fact that Oops, this thing was not well done. Now, watch. Let me swipe from left to right from the edge and see what happens. Button. Google reportedly boosts Pixel 6 production and it could finally... I got swiped to the Google Discovery or the Google Home Feed, which is found to the left of the first home screen. So, again, if you're going to be using the three-finger swipe up or down or left or right, be sure that you are doing that from the very middle of the screen and make your swipes very, very short. And now, here's the surefire that I'm talking about that is using one finger and doing the up and down scrubbing motion. I will do an up down scrub. Words. I will do another up down scrub. Characters. Now I'll swipe down and up. Words. I'll swipe down and up again. Paragraphs. Now swipe up and down. Words. Swipe up and down. Characters. And that's a surefire. Now, after settling on the granularity that you want, for example, if you're changing to a word or character granularity 
and you want to spell that word, or you want to read word by word, or character by character, for example, then after settling on the granularity that you want, then you swipe down. I'll give a quick example. Pixel launcher. Button. Google reportedly boosts Pixel 6 production, and it could finally break through. Heading. And lip. So now, I want to read that either word by word. So I will scrub up and down till I get to where it says word. Controls. Headings. Paragraphs. Words. Now, I'm going to swipe down. I'm not scrubbing, but simply swiping down. Google. Swipe down again. Reportedly. Swipe down again. Boosts. Now, I'm going to swipe back up to Google. Boosts. Swipe up again. Reportedly. Swipe up again. Google. So, I'm now on the word Google. Now, I'm going to change it to character. So, I'm going to swipe up and down to change from word to character. Characters. Now, I'm going to swipe down. Capital G. Golf. Sw swipe down. O. O. G. L. E. Space. That's how you go about doing the granularities and then spelling out either word by word or character by character. And that is true for things like words, characters, lines, and so forth. When it comes to headings, however, once you swipe down to a heading, then to read that heading, you want to swipe from left to right. And now you know how to go about changing those granularities based on the one that works best for you. As for me, I prefer using the up-down scrub or down-up scrub using one single finger to change my granularities. That has been the tip of the week. Thanks, Warren. And when are you going to start co-hosting the CSR tips that Mariam does? I think that Miriam would love for me to be part of that CSR. She'd probably throw me a party. But for now, though, I think I'm going to pass on that because I'm a talkback boy and all through and through talkback. So, Miriam, if you're listening, I'm sorry, my dear, but I'm not joining you in that party. Talkback boy <laughs> running on his pixel phone. <laughs> Thank you for anyway. that little tune there, Ed. That—that <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is why I'm doing this and not singing. Obviously, uh, people will realise how bad a singer I am. But uh, it seemed to scan, so I—I I, I thought I'd do. <laughs> oh my, that's been wonderful. And that's all we have for you this week, uh, Austin. How can people find us? If you want to get in touch with us, you can send an email to contact us at blindandroidusers.com with your questions, feedback, whatever you have. And we will answer your questions on the podcast without reading the name and all those things because the episodes is that way very long. So we'll try to save some time and answer your questions. We will make tutorials on whatever possible. You can see or listen to all the previous episodes by visiting blindandroidusers.com. You can listen to us on YouTube by visiting youtube.com slash blindandroidusers. That is one word. Join us on a mailing list, blindandroidusers 
plus subscribe at groups.io. Join the Telegram link, Twitter link, follow on Clubhouse and subscribe to the YouTube channel. The link for that will be in the show notes. So till then, everyone, it's bye from me for this week. I will see you next week. That's great. So uh, uh, from me, see you next week and goodbye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Looking forward to seeing you next week. And that has been another episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. As always, we appreciate hearing from you. You send those email messages to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. For those My Android Journey stories, we encourage you to send those to myandroidjourney at blindandroidusers.com. Until we see you in our next episode, you have a wonderful day.